Welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. Your host is Marguerite Crispillo, and she started this podcast simply to talk to cool people about what's really happening in this crazy roller coaster ride of real estate. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay up to date on the newest stuff by adding yourself to the list at www.realestaterealworld.com. Now your host, Marguerite Crispillo. Hello, everybody. This is Marguerite Crispillo, and I'm very excited to be here today recording a new podcast on Real Estate Real World with one of my all-time favorite people. He's been a guest before on the show and was a huge, huge hit. He was on the show about a year ago and we talked about his upcoming book and we were actually just talking before we went live on the air today about how as leaders and entrepreneurs we always have a tendency to underestimate how long <laughs> things take to get done. Uh, but that's kind of our job as leaders is what Seth pointed out to me that it's our job to, to really push forwards. But I'm excited to have him back on the show today because he's got his new amazing book out called The Road to Recognition. You can actually go to his website, theroadtorecognition.com, and they're actually offering three free chapters of the book. So you can go there and check it out. And I'm going to read his bio real quick and then we'll dive in and chat because I'm excited to chat with him. So Seth Price is a marketer, motivator, and media maker, an executive and entrepreneur. Having consulted for more than 300 companies the past 20 years, he's recognized as a business builder and digital marketing specialist. He's passionate about delivering lessons to help business people use media and technology to develop more relevant brands and more rewarding careers. Seth is currently the chief instigator <laughs> <laughs> at Playster, home of the Real Estate Marketing Academy, a top educational resource for real estate professionals, visited by more than 100,000 marketers each month. Wow. Playster is the fourth multi-million multi dollar company Seth has helped grow from scratch. As the number three hire at Playster, Seth has worn all of the go-to market hats and helped the company build a 450,000 plus customer base in less than five years. Seth is relentless on the, on the entrepreneurial front as well. He's an in-demand speaker, booked over 25 times each year to deliver actionable sessions on personal branding, marketing strategy, and sales. His interview-based programs, Craft of Marketing and Marketing Genius, are widely heralded as top marketing strategy podcasts. Seth's a popular guest blogger for numerous publications and advisor to early stage technology, social media companies via Startup Institute in Beta Spring. Seth lives in Providence, Rhode Island, where my papa is from. He's a husband, father, chef, gardener, and martial arts junkie. Welcome to the show, Seth. Marguerite, thank you so much. That is a very long bio. I'm thinking I have to cut that down soon. <laughs> but you know what? I was trying to figure out what I could cut out, and every bit of it is so impactful and impressive. So there was nothing. I, th I thought about that, too. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I want to cut out. There's none of it that I wanted to cut out. So uh, all of it was good, oh, and you. it didn't take me that long to read it. So, thank so you, congratulations thank you. on the book. What a big deal. It's fantastic. It is um this sort of mixed thing, which is I am two years to write it, and I thought it would take a lot less time. But as we 
process of writing it, what I realized is that a year into it, the things that I had written at the very beginning were not as good as the things that I wrote 12 months later. Uh, yeah. um, so <laughs> that required me to go back, being a little bit of a perfectionist, to make sure that it was all in line. Um, and it's the book that I wanted to give to people. I mean, it's really, it's, it's a lovely thing to actually have finished it and hold it in hand and have people read it. It's, um, it's, it's something I've always wanted to do. Well, it's incredible. I know that. And so tell, tell me this, why a book on personal branding? Help us understand what that means and what that looks like. Well, if you think about almost every business that you know, the businesses around you, whether they be or whether they be fairly significant small businesses or even large businesses. Like if we go to like the Berkshire Hathaways, you, you think of an individual. So in that case, um, you might think of a, a gentleman who's very well known for investing. Or if you think of Amazon, you might think of Jeff Bezos. Or if you think of Tesla, you might think of Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. But every, every business has a person that is instrumental in connecting the idea of the business with the world around them and making that idea relevant to people and, and making sales. And so the reason that I chose personal branding is that there is not an individual I know who's not in a business setting that can't benefit from having their reputation be more well-known and taking control over how the world perceives them. So, uh... I kind of have a little bit of a question about this for real estate agents because real estate agents are always wanting to yeah. brand themselves, right? And yeah. and frequently what it seems happens is they're not necessarily doing it in the right way, but it also seems like it's almost impossible to keep up with the amount of money and costs and and what's required to brand yourself in maybe a particular area as a specialist or whatever it is you're doing. Like that process seems overwhelming to keep up with like, you know, a Caldwell Banker or a Keller Williams. Like how do you, how do you stand out? Well, that's a really good question. I like to reframe what I think branding is. And I think if you go to the core of what a brand is, a brand is trust, right? When you think of a logo, or a store that makes you feel good, you feel good about it because they've done something in the past that has made you trust them. So you'll work with them again. You'll walk into their store, you'll buy their product, you'll refer them to other people. And if that's the case, and it's really just built upon trust and reputation, then it's not what you say, it's what you do. And so I like to shift the framing of brand to be more about reputation and it's more about how you interact in the world and the Im impact that you make and if you do that then all of your day-to-day -day actions become part of your brand service yes the way in which you answer the phone the way in which you create content the way in which you interact with your staff all of that is your brand it's not a business card it's not a website it's not the advertisement that you put on the bench those are valuable, but those are just amplification vehicles for the thing that you stand for and the work that you do, the craft that you are. And so that's the distinction because when someone's just trying to be more famous, well, yeah, that's really costly. But if you're good at what you do, 
and you do that consistently and then you apply some of these techniques and strategies for amplifying your brand, well, that's not as costly as one might think. So let's talk about what some of those techniques might be. Now, I see that on, again, here you have uh, kind of an alphabet soup, so to speak, of the different arenas for how you might do this. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think as in any business, there are tons of activities you can do to promote your business. But the ones that are effective are very selective in the things they choose to do at one time because you just you can't be a generalist, right? You can't try to do Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and LinkedIn all at the same time. You pick one and you do it until you learn how to do it well and then you have a reputation on that platform and then you can shift. And so that's how we put together the book. Um, you know, because whether you're a solo agent just getting your feet wet or a seasoned veteran aiming to enhance your bottom line and your crafting a personal brand that earns you recognition in your market can mean the difference between being viewed as a commodity or as a valued resource. And so I think all of it starts from this place of authenticity. And I don't mean that in sort of an airy fairy way. I mean, this has to be built on craft and some expertise in what you do in the world because like hey we're bombarded with millions and millions of bits of information on a regular basis and the things that stand up and bubble up to the surface today and the things that we resonate with and want to refer are the people that are authentic and the and the products and the services that hold value in the world so that's the standout like we may sort of in this nostalgic way, look back to 50 years ago and go, hey, handshakes meant everything. And that may be true, but now it means more than ever before because for the most part, you look on the web and it's just filled with like, you know, empty promises. Right. And so authenticity is crucial to figuring out how you connect with people. And, and it's not only external, it's like, what's authentic for you? Like, what's your passion? What do you actually good at. So in that instance, it's making sure that you're actually doing continuing education in a way that is going to serve you being better at what you do, not just checking the box. Yes, I did my CE credits, but actually being passionate about being the best that you can be at your, at your service, at your craft, and then combining that with your passion. Like, what do you care? What do you care about? Because that's what we resonate with. Well, you know, first of all, I, I love the fact that you said pick one social media outlet and perfect that first. Like, we, I think we all feel the pressure to be an expert in all of those areas, you know? Like, I've uh, yeah. Facebook is the first one I embraced, and so I love Facebook, and I do a lot on Facebook. But then everyone's like, oh, you got to do Instagram. Oh, you got to do Snapchat. Oh, you know? And I, I remember my, my teenage son was like, I'm not showing you Snapchat, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I finally you know, I'm going like, to save you from yourself exactly and, I, and you know so I finally said alright I'm not going to focus on Snapchat right now and I bounced back to Facebook but you feel that pressure right like you feel that pressure that you want to be everything 
And then I love the authenticity part because we've all had that person we've met on Facebook and, and, you know, their life is perfect. And then you meet them in the real world and they're not at all the shining example that they present on Facebook. So uh, to me, authenticity is huge. Well, brand is the thing to describe you know in the marketing or classic marketing sense most companies try hard to define their brand when in in reality the market or more specifically their audience is defining it and your brand comprises a handful of basic components it's the impression that's formed when your brand's name is read or said by consumers so in the case of an individual it's like when someone says your name what what did they think? And we know what that's like when we talk about our friends. Like, you know how you mention the name of a friend that has done something bad? Right. And you're like, the timbre of your voice changes. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That is brand. That person has a reputation in your eyes that elicits a certain response. And then it goes, the sum of all experiences a person that a person has with your brand over time. And so that's the craft, that's the work that you do. So that's why when you go to a cobbler or a restaurant or a coffee shop that you've done business with over time and they've treated you well even when they've made a mistake, that's brand building. Yes. Because what they've done is they've built trust even when things have gone wrong to earn your referral and your repeat business. And then the other part, the, I'd say the last part, is the way people describe your brand, not how you describe it to others. Because that's the, that's the part, that's the referral. Because once you leave, let's say, look, I was a realtor for six years. When you go around and you or someone to see a whole bunch of houses and they get out of your car and they go to their spouse and they talk about you, what is that? And, and changing and really thinking about how people perceive the way that you interact because you don't spend your brand rather you live it it's what's true about you and that's the authentic part so one of the things that I'm looking over your ABCs as well is you talk about really F is for followers and that part seems uh, well here's what you say you say you can't have a brand without an audience social media makes it possible to develop a tribe of followers like-minded people with common interests you'll aim to educate and inspire and uh, you know we've we've seen those situations where people have you know thousands and thousands of thousands of followers how important is it that you have more followers or better quality followers or does it matter one way or another can you judge one way or another well, there are different ways to think about it. So I would think in the classic business sense in a few different groups. So the first thing that I would say is you have had past customers. Of the group of however many past customers you've had, how many of them do you still have relationship with and that you communicate with? They are a tribe of sorts that have been through the gauntlet with you, done the work, and come out the other side and well, one they probably loved you at one point and either they still love you now and you stay in contact or you don't right they could be followers if you did the work so that's a smaller tribe a larger tribe could be your colleagues and your coworkers and other people in your industry that you have a like-minded mindset on how you view interacting in this space and dealing with customers and the quality 
quality of craft that you bring to the table, like that could be another tribe because you learn from them, you refer to each other, you sort of together you go through the trials and tribulations. And then there could be a broader, like more community focused tribe, which is, hey, you live in a physical place. You probably care about that place that you live in. Can you impact it in a way that rises all ships? And that can be a larger, more community-based tribe. And so to an answer your question directly, I don't think it's of the tribe. I think it's the quality and the consistency of communication with that tribe that matters more than anything else. And so that actually leads me into, and, and I know I'm bouncing around here a bit with the alphabet, but some of these I think are more important uh, to talk about. That leads me into the one that H is for helping. It says, don't wait for yeah. opportunities to come to you. Find ways to be helpful. Be the first to volunteer. Connect people or get behind meaningful missions. And that really ties into who your tribe is, right? And communicating yeah. with them. Yeah. I mean, think about in the places that you – think about just in the places that you work. You know how when you show up at a new office and someone sort of goes – to make you comfortable and help you and figure out what you want. That's all this is. That's actually just, it's sort of like Dale Carnegie 101. It's like, just care about the people that you're serving in some way and go out of your way to serve them. And I don't mean that in a trite way. There's two sides to this. One, oftentimes the work we do is hard, right? You know, it's not always easy. People don't always cooperate. The market doesn't always cooperate. But the thing that gives us the most joy generally is not cashing the check. It's often the way we can impact the people around us. So that's one side of the coin of helping. The other side of the coin of helping is when you help people, it is a pay it forward world and it still exists today is that when you help people, that individual may not be the person that helps you back, but I guarantee you that there will be a ripple effect and it will impact not only the individual that you helped, but those around them. And that, that's how you build a business that's not hand-to-mouth. Because otherwise, if you just relied on hand-to-mouth, it would only be the folks that you touched. And you can't scale a business by just adding value to the folks that are physically in front of you. So that actually takes us to C is for content, right? How do you impact more people? How do you come up with ways to connect and ways to really, well, you say C is for content. Valuable content has magnetic power. On your blog or in addition to it, create an interesting mix of content in various formats to earn the mindshare and trust your brand needs. So if you take the F is for followers, right? You, you're going to attract mm -hmm. people by helping more people and you're going to attract yep. more people to your tribe by creating really valuable content. So what are some examples? What would that look like? Um, so I'll just frame up how I see content is okay. if we think about our value to a customer, it doesn't matter what you're selling. If you think about your value to a customer, they generally only need your help for one moment in time when they have pain. So if they're a seller, 99% of their life, they don't need you. 
they're not always selling their house. They're living life. They're trying to, you know, get a promotion, find a girlfriend, do whatever they're doing. And at that moment where they go, oh, you know what? Something has occurred in my life and I want to sell. That's when they need help. Now, the rest of the time is how do you how do you add value to them? Not only during that period where they need your help, but when they don't need you to buy or sell whatever they're dealing with. And so that's where content comes in at the moment. And I say at the moment because it won't last forever. Like SEO did or like websites did. You could spin up a website 15 years ago and focus it on a geo and you would rank number one and you would drive lots of traffic. Now content is one of those opportunities today where you can take your subject matter expertise, you can listen to the problems and questions that your tribe and audience and your customers have, and you can solve those problems with forms of content like videos, like blog posts, like infographics, like websites, like landing pages, and you can serve them up to you to those folks when you're not physically in front of them. And that's a one-to-many communication. And if you can do that effectively, that means that anytime someone says, hey, I want to do a 1031 exchange, do you know anything? Thing about it, you don't have to wait until they're sitting in your office or on the phone with you or or in the car with you to explain everything you know about that subject. You can send them something, or better yet, they can discover it on the web because you've taken the time to articulate this massive amount of insight that you have and make it available for people to discover. So I'm I'm laughing to myself inside here because I'm thinking about all the content you write and then the very next one, which I had skipped over. I'm like an ADD agent right now. I'm bouncing all over the place. Um, <laughs> the, next one, <laughs> the next one is D is for design. And I'm laughing because we have a friend we share in common. You know Heather Ostrom, right? And she yes, is always yes, pointing. I <laughs> yeah, I love Heather too. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. And she is psychotic about di design, right? And how things look. And of course, branding, they do everything with orange. Um, but she's always pointing out like these little kind of wacky design flaws. And so you say D is for design. Everything you create should be presented with class and continuity. Develop a tasty logo, color palette, and design standards that reflect well on your brand. And I see the majority of real estate agents, for the most part, uh, have zero design thought process or input into their brand. They never thought it that far through. They literally just took a, you know, a quick logo somebody scribbled for them or whatever and went from there. And their branding is inconsistent. Would you not agree? Yeah, I mean, I think... Well, think about here's do you ever go to a meeting and someone their breath smells bad? Oh yeah. <laughs> like you've ever You're hoping it's not you. <laughs> and all of a sudden Yeah, but all of a sudden the perception that you have of that person is completely tainted. Yes. They could be really smart, they could be really nice, they could be really good at what they do, but all of a sudden you are distracted and you are thinking things about them that is not in line with how they how they probably want to be thought about so design is a very similar thing which is you could have the best service in the world and then if you give me a very flimsy card that's printed at your local you know print shop and 
things are misspelled on it, colors are inconsistent. All of a sudden, I have this great conversation with you. I shake your hand, we, we hug each other, and then you hand me something and I'm like, wow, are they really as good as I thought they were? Right. It's, this, it's this thing, because we are very perceptive beings. We're humans. We process images 60,000 times faster than we do the written word. So all of the little touch points that a person that's a business person, a personal brand has to reinforce how they want to be perceived in the world are extremely valuable. So if you're going to do a website, one, make sure that it's easily read. Avoid the sort of, uh, you know, serif fonts that are all curly cues that people can't read when they're on a mobile device. Avoid colors that just, you know, hurt you. Like physically, you know how sometimes you go to a site and you look at a site and you're like, I can't read this. And it's not because the info is not good. It's that you just visually can't consume it. And so that's what really great design is about. It's not about making something pretty. It's about making something consumable and making it consumable in a way that reinforces what you care about. Well, and even I have to say, as we get a little older and our eyes don't work quite as well as they did in our younger years, that that little teeny <laughs> tiny print that is, you know, gray on a gray background or, you know, version of gray or something is it becomes so challenging to read that you don't I won't waste my time. I'll move on yeah. to something else because I can't read it. And, you know, no one wants to admit, hey, my eyes are bad. And you know? so a lot of times we will just bypass it is is what I'm finding in the type of font or the type of coloring people are using that makes it difficult to follow it's not i mean sometimes it's that people don't care but it's more that we just don't have the time right we are everyone that you look at has multiple devices their attention span has been challenged by the world around them there's a forced add that exists in everyone that we know where we're, we're trying to multitask we get all these emails and texts and buzzes and we've got people that want our attention and if the thing that you're trying to present to them doesn't grab them and is easily understood you just missed an opportunity that you yeah. probably worked really hard to get yeah. and that's the, that's the power of design if it's done well like you want to touch it you want to save it you can see the card and you're like I don't even know I'm just gonna put this in my pocket because I think it's so awesome that is the power of great design and the power of bad design is that you just want to throw it away as soon as humanly possible. So how does one really figure out where to start in this whole process? You know, like I see constantly in some of these, you know, large Facebook groups where people are always putting up three and four logos, which one do you like? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. okay, where, where do you, where do you really start with this whole branding process? Yeah, so the first thing that I say is don't start with the design part of brand. And that can be counterintuitive to many. But the truth is, is well, it's okay. You, of course, you need a business card and you need a website because you need to be discovered on the web. I think what's more important is to figure out, one, what you're good at and what's your unique selling proposition. Like, what are you really bring to the table and what makes you different than the other people in your industry because your industry is is not unique right there's a million three hundred thousand realtors right. plus a whole bunch of people that aren't affiliated with with the nar 
that's not unique. But what you do is. And so figuring out how to articulate your personal brand's unique value proposition is really important. Now, from there, then you start to think about, okay, well, who's my ideal client? And what I mean by that is if you're not new to the business, you've done some work in your industry, you've made some sales either on the buy or the sell side, and you have a book of past business. And you can probably look at it to go, hey, if I were to build my ideal pipeline, what would it look like and who would the customers be that would be in that? Because it's really important to think beyond what you have today to start to think about what would you like to create and who are the people that would be the customers that would be part of that. Because when you do those two things, you make some very clear distinctions. Like you're either not going to focus on new home buyers because is, hey, the new home price in your town is not going to help you pay your bills, or you're going to discover, hey, that's a real sweet spot, and I can actually make a living in that realm because I serve them so well. So part of doing this discovery allows you to say no to some things and yes to others. And then what that means as an, as an outcome is when you start to do the design part and the writing part, you start writing to the ideal audience articulating your unique value to that ideal audience and then designing a card and doing a website is so easy at that point because you know who you're talking to. You know, I love that and I really wish that more people would do that. I think the truth is is that um, many of us, including myself, we kind of got thrown into the deep end of the pool and, you know, treaded yeah. water for a while just trying to figure out even how to work this industry, much less create a, a, a strategic plan around it. But yeah, I think once you can, you know, grab a hold of the side, then you can stop for a minute, look around, and if you really want to take your business to that next level, then you've got to go through this exercise, don't you think? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's the difference in my mind between being an individual contributor and and I'm going to be not as polite and go sort of living hand to mouth right. and being someone who is an operator, someone who is thinking about their business, not only today, but two and three years from now and planning to make that happen. Because without the definition of the goal, you're sort of listless, right? You're just sort of at the whim of whatever's happening in the market and whoever you happen to meet and whoever you happen to cold call, like that's not enough to build legacy. Because I think there's two things that are super valuable. We tend to focus on leads. I love leads, nothing wrong with leads, but you need to have both lenses and both eyes wide open and focus on leads and legacy. And if I'm building legacy and using some strategy to gain leads, I'm attracting the right leads. I'm giving them the right service. There's self-selection in those leads because I'm being true to who I am and I can serve them better and create repeat business and referrals. That's someone who's an operator and a manager and a leader. And that's where we want to be with our brands. We all start out somewhere. Like I started selling Amway when I was 11 years old because look, I wanted to make money. I didn't know a better business and my neighbor told me it was great. And so I just did it, knocked on doors all day long. And, you know, I made some money. I hated it, but I made some money. And then you start to learn how to be yourself and make your own decisions as you 
as you sort of go through this process of going, how can I do more than just that? Well, and and honestly, too, I really think that it it's the difference between a pro versus an amateur, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's a class that, that I teach. I taught that class yesterday, as a matter of fact, is why it comes to mind, is that, you know, an amateur does kind of fly by the seat of their pants. They, they just cruise along. They kind of do it as a hobby. They do it on the side whenever, you know, something happens. But a, a pro... A professional really takes the time to go through the exercises that you described and that you talk about in your book and really make that plan. They're looking at this as a lifetime career. And to me, that's the difference between a lot of agents in this industry is those who just, you know, jumped in to sell a house or two or help out their family versus people who really looked at it as a career like this is my plan for the next 20 30 years of my life or or whatever I want to do but this is my career which means I got to step up my game and I have to really be a pro yeah I mean I I agree with you 100% there I do think that there is a a middle ground which is not everyone is ready to commit 100% and there are some Things that that person can do to start pointing in the right direction so they can create the time to do the deeper dive. And part of it is, um, I'd say, some of the things that we talked about, but if one is not willing to do the deeper dive, like, hey, they're not going to take the, the weekend to figure out what their mission and vision and goals are for the next three years or five years, you can actually accelerate what your brand is just by asking the people around you. Like you can literally go to all of your colleagues and go, Hey, Marguerite, you've known me for a bit. I'd love if you could tell me, what do you think I'm really good at in relationship to this business? What's the value that you think I bring to the table? And over asking a few folks, you're sort of going to start to figure out how to talk about what you do because people are perceiving something whether you like it or not. And what you want to do is align what they're perceiving. One, if it's negative, you want to change it. But right. if, it's positive, if it's positive, you want to align how you're articulating your value to what they're perceiving. So it's in line and, it, and you're not wasting your time with a whole bunch of adjectives and, and nouns that don't have to do with how people see value. So that's the simplest immediate task you can do right out of the gate. And I, I can't even tell you how powerful that exercise is. Uh, and we didn't talk about this before, but years ago I was in Strategic Coach. I don't know if you, you're familiar with Dan Sullivan and Strategic Coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. And this is probably 15 years ago. We had to send out a, an email at the time that basically asked that question to yeah. like 12 people that, that we knew. And I was so floored and amazed by the responses. I mean, truly uh, people had things to say that brought me to tears. I, I never, I had never thought of it that way. Yeah. And so if you've not done that exercise, that is huge for you to say, Seth, because you, you really have no idea and it helps you see things inside yourself that you can't even see that you, that you don't even acknowledge or really understand. We are sometimes our own worst cheerleader. Oh, meaning absolutely. That we can often be super hard on ourselves. We may have skills that we're really good at that downplay. And so 
going outside and starting to ask questions of the wor- how the world perceives you, asking questions of your customers, it starts to give you this tool set that you can then communicate better. Because here, here's a perfect analogy. Imagine if you just have this script, right? And you, your script is you meet someone and they say, well, what do you do? And you know, how do you help me in real estate? And you say the same script to everyone. Now imagine if everyone is a new home buyer, someone who's buying a second home, someone who's a business leader that has to deal with relocation, someone who is a Gen Yer who is really skeptical about buying and you just do the same script over and over again, you sort of miss the ability to communicate. And so by asking questions about how the world perceives you and then what they care about, you all of a sudden get this skill to be able to be flexible and enough to still be true to yourself, but to be able to talk to them in the language that they can listen to you in. And I can't, I can't even describe how impactful and influential that is. Like the moment that you can start to put yourself, you can see through someone else's eyes, right? You can, you can put yourself in their shoes and see through their eyes and see, watch that experience even through someone else's eyes is when you can truly, in my opinion, make a significant difference because you can appreciate what they experience. Like in the perfect world, any for everybody in the real estate industry would have to buy a house every two years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so true. We forget so quickly how painful it is. Exactly. You know, and I think it would it would uh, instigate quite a bit of change, especially if the people who are in charge of making the rules had to do that. Right. I have (laughs) always I have always thought that every high school student should wait tables and change bedpans. Oh, for sure. For sure. And And I did both. You know, yeah, I've done both, too. I mean, it's it's one of those things that. You you can look at someone and have empathy for everyone that you meet, even people that you don't like or respect. And that allows you to sort of think through their eyes, but also just, it just softens you enough that you can be valuable. Oh, absolutely. I I think it's impactful. Well, I can tell you that uh, you and I could probably chat for um, days. uh, Because you're so fascinating, first of all. And I'm so over the moon excited for you and your book. And I want so to make much. sure that everybody is able to get a copy at least. Um, at a bare minimum, they can get the free three chapters on your website at theroadtorecognition.com. Yeah. But uh, this book is, I can't wait to finish reading it. I started in part of it and I haven't finished it. I was on vacation for 11 days, so that's my excuse. That's good. <laughs> the cool thing about the the book for me is I have a co-author. His name is Barry Feldman. And yes. besides taking two years, we're both marketers and professional marketers. This is what I do. Last 25 years, I have been doing this for companies, big and small. And what we've tried to do is in the alphabet, A to Z, so... A is for authenticity, B is for blogging, C is for content, D is for design, E is for email, and so on and so forth, is make really actionable options for the reader to choose their own adventure. Because not everyone is ready for email. But if you are, I guarantee you that if you follow the email tactics and strategies in this email chapter, you will blow your email and double your conversion rate. Now, if you want to 
like really leverage LinkedIn. We've got a LinkedIn chapter, which is just phenomenal. And so we have Stephanie Sammons, who's like the number one LinkedIn expert who contributed to that chapter. Each chapter is really about taking a piece of the way that you communicate your brand in the world and being able to be actionable without reading the entire book. So that was our goal. Um, the response has been really great. I've spent a lot of time on design. So if you want to understand what I say when I say design is really powerful, get the hardcover of the book and you will feel the difference. It means something. It's like a really solid handshake and someone looking you in the eyes. And I can't even recommend it uh, more. It's really, it, it's really incredible, and it definitely gives you some insight into the best way to just choose what's best for you, right? Like that's the great thing about this industry is that you can be your very own version of success. You don't need to be anybody else's. And this book gives you the tools and the resources to to really do that, to pick and choose what works for you and what doesn't. That's great, Marguerite. Thank you so much. I love chatting with you. We, we could do this all the time. I know. Thank you so much, Seth. I'm excited about your book, and I welcome you back to the show any, any time. So for those of you interested, it's called The Road to Recognition, the A to Z Guide to Personal Branding for Accelerating Your Professional Success in the Age of Digital Media by Seth, of course, and Barry Feldman. So it's fantastic. You can go to their website, get a few free chapters, but I recommend you just, you know, go get the book, get it done, and, and have it as a, a resource, really, on your bookshelf at all times. So thank you, thank you, Seth. I appreciate it. Thanks for making this happen. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us again on another fabulous episode of The Real Estate Real World. We encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Podbean. And if you love us, please give us a great review. It helps push us up in the ratings so that more people can hear our show. Thank you again for joining us today, everybody. Go out and make it a fantastic day. Thank you for joining us today on Real Estate Real World, where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, hop on over to www.realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening. And go out there. Be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.